you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as K Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friend Zone. Parents, baby line is I'm not one of your little friends. Duh, I would have been smacked the shit out of you. I would have been beat you. I would have been changed you since the first time you yelled at me. I would have smacked, 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 smacked. Those are the best. That's right. Okay. They chose violence. I immediately felt seen. Now, um, this is a video clip from the TikTok of a wonderful, beautiful black queen named Kiki Mulani. That's K-I-K-I-M-U-L-A-N-I. And all I have to say is points were made, okay? It's Women's History Month. We coming off the heels of Black History Month. I figured what better, what better way, excuse me, to usher us on in than by the hands of a smart black queen like Kiki Mulani, who made a point. <laughs> Kiki said parents love to be like, Oh, I'm not one of your little friends. And then she went on to say, duh, my nigga, I would have been smacked the shit out of you the first time you yelled at me. <laughs> like, wow. I would have been like, obviously, you know, like I'm saying, like, I, I just, I had never heard someone articulate my thoughts more concisely, more succinctly. Never. Now, parents really be pushing it and then have the audacity to say something like, I'm not one of your little friends. I, do you think? I just walk around every day letting motherfuckers disrespect me, call me dumb, snatch shit out of my hands, hit me upside the head, threaten violence against me. I don't just let people do that shit to me in the real world. I know you're not one of my little friends. <laughs> and now you insult my intelligence even more by saying some shit like that to me. And I like the way I like the way that she referenced what her reactions would have been otherwise, okay? Can you imagine somebody other than your mama tell you, pick them shoes up, go uh, move them shoes, sit your ass down, shut up, don't say nothing, do this, pick it up, go make this for me, go help me with this, because you're supposed to respect me no matter what I do to you. Parents got a lot of motherfucking nerve. And so just like she said, you telling me you want to my little friends, duh, my nigga, which is the hashtag this week, because that's coming back too. Duh, my nigga, I would have been smacked the shit out of you the first time you yelled at me, okay? And wow. I just, that really just, it just really made my, you know, it just met me in the middle, okay? It met me in my heart. So with that being said, I want to welcome everyone to Women's met History Month. It met me in the so middle. Good. Is that our episode? Met me in the middle. I, um, in the middle. Look, early, two seconds top with in. It, okay, shine a light on them. Uh, <laughs> with wow. that being said, you know, I'd like to welcome everyone to Women's History Month and the Friend hey. Zone. Your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene, because who in the hell wants overbearing parents? I know I don't, and neither do you. Hi, friend, how you doing? 
I'm amazing. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing real good. All the women who independent. (laughs) (laughs) Had to do that. So before we jump into this week's episode, does anyone have any announcements? No. (laughs) Why y'all look like that? Well, I I thought about, I have some things coming up, but I will just start you off with, it is the month of March. My birthday is March 15th, which falls on a Monday. But, you know, it's my birthday month. Corona got me last year. You know, COVID's, you know, still here this year, but... I'm trained Amen. now, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's it's oh, my month. Do you have any plans? Uh, stay alive. That's pretty I much. Mean, I mean, there's been a lot of business dealings happening this month. So if any more business wants to continue to come my way, like it's crazy. It's only Tuesday. What are we doing? But Amen. Uh, yeah, that's all I really want. You know, just more business dealings. I, but plans, no plans. I'm always throwing caution to the wind. How Amen. about you, friend? You got any any announcements, friend? I do, but first I want to say thank you so much for all the Ritz love. Now I'm so glad you guys finally got to see it. Knocked it out the park. Your your creative genius couple with Noah's undeniable star quality. Oh my god, that was an incredible outing for you. That was great, friend. Isn't it just the cutest? I have to shout out um, the DP, which is Justin Lamar. Oh. Justin Lamar, the sound was Kwame Lee, and the edit was Max Hilding, which is Maya, Shameless Maya's husband. We keep sitting the family around now. these parts. Right. Um, and of course, the talent. Shout out to Mary Akpa, which is one of Jade's best friends who I brought in, and then yes. Jade of all Jades, yes. and ASAP Noah. Yes, <laughs> young Noah the God. Oh, she did who, so well. She, she did so well. And you know what's so exciting? I just have to say this really quickly. I told Noah what to say, but did not have to tell her how to say it <laughs> mm-hmm. because she has such personality. Mm-hmm. So I gave her the lines, but I also started wanting her to in like inject more of herself in it. So like the part where she closes the laptop, all I said to her was, show me what you feel like when school's over. Mm-hmm. And then she went, uh, and did the thing with her head back. You know, so it was a lot of that throughout it, which I just think is so cute. Because it's like, you don't have to tell this little girl how to do anything. And she's only seven, like mm-hmm. seven years old and and murdered this commercial. It has um, over 800,000 views <laughs> in five days deservingly so finna hit a million it's a it's viral <laughs> at that it's point it's like about to hit a million views which is unreal i did not i mean i won't limit myself and say i didn't think that would happen but it just wasn't on my mind my only job was to make sure that it came out bomb and you know made sure the whole family ate so thank you to all of y'all who did not play with the retweets and the comments it's amazing and, I mean, Twitter and Ritz were like, yo, <laughs> your fucking base is wonderful. Like, they were so thankful. Um, so thank you so much. And obviously, thank you to the team for helping me make that happen. And then I did want to say one more announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony Music Entertainment uh, has a venture, a venture that they did with a company called Broccoli. Mm-hmm. And it's a black woman owned shout out to Renee Richardson, who is a, a huge fan of her work. She's from the UK and it's basically it marks Sony Music's first podcasting venture. 
And so Uh-oh. for, yeah, isn't that so cool? I love seeing the labels kind of jumping in, kind of seeing how they're going to integrate mm-hmm. what they have to offer into the podcasting scene. Yeah. Um, so for Women's Month, they decided to create this series on a podcast called Anthems, where it's going to drop a podcast every day of the month. So that's 31 wow. podcast episodes, all produced hosted and created by women and i was chosen to be one of the producers (laughs) and by the time this episode drops you will hear my episode because it drops on the third and the friend zone drops on the third so beautiful alignment such a cool project it was a bit of a stretch for me because uh i tend to produce things that have more like you know, like uh, segments and structure and science. And this is more creative, like writing, which mm-hmm. I haven't done in a long time. Mm-hmm. Basically, they said, we'd love for you to pick a word and then talk about that word for six minutes. Whatever comes out, just talk about it. Stream of consciousness. I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. A uh, little bit of pressure, but I was like, I know, I, I know myself, I can do it. Knocked it out the park. And I'm very excited for you guys to hear what I came up with. My word was aloneness. Oh, Lord. So I tapped into... (laughs) I already know. You already know. I tapped into the energy of that word and talked for six minutes straight. And it ended up being a really cool project. And where the Sony music part comes in is that they had a producer, Hannah Brown, who put sound design uh, and kind of weaved those musical elements in and out of my story so very excited about that very excited to hear your feedback like i said that is dropping today and it's called anthems you can look that up on your podcast app or spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite shows and my episode will be there hey friend hey aloneness very excited to hear your thoughts Um, i know so cool i feel like i've been stretched creatively this month with projects that like i normally maybe be like oh i don't know but i'm like you know what there's a difference between something not being for you and something being different for you and so i've been kind of tapping into that leaning into that side and just like stretching myself because i know i'm capable so that's it for my announcements <laughs> you you over giving away you, you look you know sometimes how we doing the podcast but then it feels like you're just listening to the podcast so, you know you was about to give me a morsel there so I was just sitting here like mm, mm. <laughs> that's why I laughed because I looked at both of y'all's faces like yes all right <laughs> so so let's jump into the recap oh wait no we have a black business that Asante has for us this week yes yes that is correct I dipped into the emails here and I'd like to give a shout out to Alicia Brooks the subject here is the black hair experience hey asante dustin and fran i hope this email finds you well i always love when people say that so i had to read that part i'm one of the creators (laughs) slash owners of the black hair experience an interactive exhibit that was created by two black women to celebrate nostalgic moments in black hair and black culture think museum of ice cream but black created to celebrate us and our experiences From trips to the salon to a swing mate from our hair braid extensions, we have taken moments from our culture and turned them into photo shareable spaces. 
We understand the severity of the pandemic, and we also acknowledge that the need to be able to engage in somewhat normal experiences. Because of this, we have a serious safety plan in place, which includes severely limiting the amount of people allowed in the building at any one time, spaced out installations with social distancing floor markings, as well as COVID-19 screenings before entry, mandatory masks, and temperature checks upon arrival. We are currently open in Atlanta, Georgia, and our DMV location is scheduled to open in May 2021. So if you guys are interested in the black hair experience, if you want to check out that swing braid, go check out theblackhairexperience.com. Or you can just go straight to their Instagram because, you know, everybody is on social media and their Instagram is the black hair experience. So it's the black hair and at the black hair experience. And that's the black business of this week. And it was pretty black. So I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Asante. Of so course. on last week's episode titled Nook and Franny's. Thank you, Dustin Ross. <laughs> we, we discussed HBO Max's fake famous documentary which was an inside look at the multi-billion dollar influencer industry. Such a great conversation. I always love having those combos with you guys. And as always, those of you listening had a lot to say. Asante is already laughing. So who stood out to you, Asante? (laughs) Again, in the emails, you know, I meant to pick a a serious one, but this was the one I I chose when I read it. Um, Shout out to Natasha in the emails. The subject of this one literally said, it it simply says, Wiley. And the email reads... (laughs) Hey, Asante. (laughs) I love this show and have been a super fan since the beginning. I get your point about Wiley not being from the real Atlanta, but please don't disrespect Macon in the process. (laughs) Well, Natasha, I cannot disrespect Macon as I am not that familiar with it. I have not been because I am from Atlanta, but I do live in New York now. So that is all I had to say to you, Natasha. And that's what I found in the emails. (laughs) What did you find out? Come on, Macon. You better rise up. (laughs) And normally I would cut somebody out for saying some shit like that but i understand what it's like to be proud of where you come from i mean yeah yeah it's just that wiley was not from the real atlanta as i stated and making you felt that so natasha i i feel you but i don't feel because I, mean, I was listen, never there sometimes you might get hit by a stray you hey, know well it might not be for you but you know if you identify with part of you know the boomerang that's getting thrown out there it uh-uh. might hit you on the way back you know what i'm saying sometimes you find yourself in that position it's about discernment it's about ascertaining, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? It's about logic. Making was like, how did I get put in it? How uh-huh. am I in it? Because of what was her name? <laughs> Natasha. Cousin Natasha. That's who put you in it. Natasha Bedingfield put you in it. Okay. <laughs> Feel Macon. the rain on your skin. Okay. <laughs> no, no, Feel the skin. rain in Macon. <laughs> <laughs> People going to regret writing it to our show, my Lord. <laughs> We're just having Thank fun. Thank you, Natasha. <laughs> what about you, friend? What you found out there? I actually have two comments. Miss Jen said, I have a hard time getting to sleep for as long as I can remember. But around middle middle or high school, I definitely started to make my own little nest. I had a body pillow and an assortment of other pillows and stuffed animals on my bed. Even took them to college and couldn't care less what my roommate thought. Now I'm disabled, I'm quadriplegic, and so it's harder to get comfortable with all of that. So CBD oil it is. I do miss it sometimes, though. And that was cool for Jen to relate to the nook that I was describing that I do whenever I feel like my anxiety kind of kicking up. I just need it's kind of equivalent to how kids create their forts when they kind of need to, like, hide out. It's my version of an adult fort. So that's right. I love how many of you were sharing 
the little things that you do. And funny enough, a lot of us do the little nook in the bed. I was like, whoa, that's always so cool when you think you do some weirdo shit. And then there's like, me too. I'm not the only weirdo. I'm not the only weirdo. Um, M.A. Logan on SoundCloud said, random, but I would love for you guys to do an episode on pretty privilege, especially in an era where creatives work a lot on camera facing apps for marketing. I actually had that written down last year to do an episode on pretty privilege, but I didn't, I don't know. It was hard for me to create around it because I felt like I just didn't have enough layers. You know, I don't know. I'm ugly, so I don't know. know. I'm not pretty. (laughs) A penny with a hole in it. That's what I am. A penny with a penny. (laughs) I ain't got nothing to contribute. But I do think it's something that we can talk about. You know, I'll I'll definitely keep that in mind. The fact that it's coming back around, maybe there's something to it, especially after the fake famous documentary. We're gonna talk about ugly privilege too. Because there's another conversation going on right now that I'm telling you, some ugly people getting away with some shit. So we're gonna talk. I can't. We're gonna talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my only two. Dustin Ross, what'd you find in the Twitter street? <laughs> um, speak. This is related to your nest. This isn't or your nook, rather. This isn't one of um my tweets I picked this week, but I did see a tweet. On it was one of those Reddit threads. Am I the asshole or whatever that I've talked about? Oh Lord, we need to do another episode of that. Well, it's time because this woman wrote in and said that her boyfriend slept in a nest. She said that he had a big (gasps) ass pile of clothes. You saw that? that. I did. And he didn't wash the clothes, and she said he was stanking and shit. But he but he didn't have a bed. There's a difference. Mm -mm. And he slept in a nest of clothes by choice. He slept on a pile of clothing. That he no just, bed. He, that's what he wanted to do. And he said he didn't wear those clothes. He just kept them for the purpose of that nest. Now, how the, <laughs> the term nest, you know, that usually refers to a bird and sticks and things that they build to create a nest, which is a, a, a legitimate source of um, rest and home for birds, essentially. You know what I'm saying? A bunch of filthy ass fucking clothes on the floor in a room that you sleeping on and got the nerve to try to ask her to sleep in it with you. That is the nastiest thing that I have. And ever the fact heard. she had to ask him mm-hmm. to wash it because of the hygiene and he mm-hmm. told he was felt he was feeling judged mm-hmm. and offended and As insulted. Been. Some people need to be judged and measured. <laughs> And that's one of those right there. But anyway, I just, I just, I, I was, I, when you said the nook, it made me think about that. Okay, so mm. let me go back to my likes. So <laughs> the, uh, the first tweet that I want to uh, reference comes from our boy Kirk, Kirk Wright seven nine. Hey, hi Kirk. Amazing writer, killing it on for life on ABC, and has a bunch of other dope shit coming too. But Kirk tweeted the recipe to 7-Up Pound Cake. Now, I know it's March. I know February is over. I know February is over. But if you have never had a 7-Up Pound Cake, your life is about to change. I've never get... had a 7-Up Pound Cake. I was just going to say, I don't think Fran has. I, oh, I haven't. I, felt that I don't know why I felt that. Girl. Oh, uh-uh. Fran, let me tell you. Mm. Let me tell you. Imagine Pound Cake, right? And mm. I'm not even going to say you can really even taste the 7-Up in it, but it does something this to the... The texture and the it's it's mm. a airy like I can't even describe it, but it's very good and very heavy. Where so can I get one? You can get one on my Twitter. I'm getting. Very, <laughs> I will be sharing the tweet and I'm gonna tag the friend zone in the tweet. 
so that you can see um, the pound so cake. So I can put in is, my order? <laughs> yeah, this is an amazing key. This is really a key of life. This is one of the, the remember the song, album Songs in the Key of Life? This one of uh-huh. them right here, this 7-Up Pound Cake. And I'm going to uh, tweet it and add the Friend Zones account in it, and we can retweet it from there just so that the listeners can have it as well. But, yes, 7-Up Pound Cake. Shout out to Kirk. It's a great recipe, too. I judge it against the ones that my mother made, and that recipe measures up. So mm. shout out to him <laughs> for that. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Thicky Smiley, first of all, for your Twitter. Wow. Thicky Smiley. Wow. I mean, genius. Poet laureate. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Thicky Smiley tweeted, uh, and that's spelled just the way it sounds, too. I need Friends Own Pod to talk about the documentary Class Action Park. One of these days, I can already hear Dustin laughing my ass off. Now, let me tell you why this, this set well with me. Okay, this is why this right here met me in the middle. Okay? Which, that's a that's word to Tanache, touch and go. Meet me touch in the middle. Oh, that's Tanache. <laughs> but anyway, um, I love, I've already seen this documentary, first of all. I would absolutely love to discuss it on Friend Zone. It is about Action Park, which was a legendary, iconic uh, amusement park, adventure park out in Jersey back in like the 80s and I believe early, early, early 90s. But I it's feel back like in I remember day. Action Park. You probably mm-hmm. do because of the headlines you read about the accidents that happened there Uh-oh. because they didn't, they weren't too uh, keen on safety regulations. Mm. And there was a lot of crazy shit happening at that park. Um, in a lot of different ways. Wow. So it's actually funny she mentioned that. I'm very familiar with the park. I'm very familiar with the documentary. And you know what, damn it? We're going to watch it. So we're going to discuss <laughs> it here on Friends on Pod. That's it for I'm me down. this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all you found out there? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, fine. One more. I was about to say, I know you there's an account I saw called. I still scrolling. That's <laughs> yeah. why I was like, because I wasn't gonna do it, one? but fuck it, we gotta do it. You know what I'm saying? I'll be trying to step on certain toes and shit. This is music related, but fuck it, you I just want to anyway. put it out there. So Solange Space is a Twitter account, obviously dedicated to all things Solange, and they tweeted a thread, um, starting with the tweet explaining when I get home, a love letter to Houston, a thread, and they go in depth. They break down the album track by track. Um, they added video references for things that were sampled in the interludes, like when um, you hear Felicia Rashad and Debbie Allen saying, I boarded a train, kissed all goodbye. Like, you, you, they, they have that actual video in the thread. They go into the meanings of the songs. It's amazing. So check that out on literally Solange Space, at Solange Space on Twitter. And that's it. Now, don't ask me no more because I got them, and I don't want to <laughs> give them all. That's it. And happy oh, anniversary, man. happy two-year anniversary to the When I Get Home album from Solange. Hey, Ben. Wow, already, that's bugged. Mm-hmm. So this week's episode is a Dustin Ross production. We are going in blind. We have no idea what we're up for, so go ahead and take mm-hmm. it away, Dustin. That's right, Dammit. You know I'm going to take you on a ride, and this ride's <laughs> going to start at childhood and bring you right on up to date, right? So. Ooh. Earlier today, first of all, uh, do y'all fuck with Dr. Seuss? Yeah. Seussical okay. the musical. All right. Hell Dr. Yeah. Seuss, Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham, all those That's other things. That's my jam. Right? So very fine memories with the Dr. Seuss brand and, 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 and Dr. Seuss as an author. Those books, they are literally childhood staples for so many of us from all ages because they've been around for quite some time. Well, mm. now I'm wondering why the eggs was green. Why the eggs have to be green, okay? Because Uh-oh. a statement was released today from Dr. Seuss 
um, Enterprises where they said that they made the decision to stop publishing and printing six of their book titles because they, quote, portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. And this is directly in relation to race, right? Uh-oh. So let's just start. Let's let's take it mm. a little bit back, and then we're going to follow this story, and then we're going to chime the fuck in, okay? Oh, so mm. Dr. Seuss, who was born Theodore Seuss Geisel, is one of the best-known authors in the world, obviously, and behind classics like, this is all according to CNN.com, by the way, behind classics like uh, The Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham, blah, blah, blah. You guys know the titles, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. These are things that have been you know, um, interpreted in film, books, television, cartoons, so many things. Over 650 million copies of his books have been sold worldwide, and that tally was uh, completed in 2015, so it's even larger now, right? Well, according to CNN.com, six of Dr. Seuss's titles, like I said, are no longer going to be printed or published because, again, they portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong, okay? And... uh, the the business which they considered to preserve the legacy of the author they wanted to be ever evolving and, and current you know show up current in, in the marketplace which i thought was dope so just as a reference the six books that they're pulling from uh printing are uh the first one is and to think that i saw it on mulberry street and i'm not sure if you guys remember any of these books but i did when i read some of the i titles. think so yeah if i ran the zoo mcelligot's mm. pool on beyond zebra scrambled egg super and the cat's quizzer okay so uh in a statement that was actually released today which is dr seuss's birthday by the way it's so ironic right wow the 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 company released this statement today and said that they made this decision after consulting educators and reviewing their own catalog uh they said and i quote ceasing sales of these books is only part of our commitment and our broader plan to ensure Dr. Seuss's Enterprises catalog represents and supports all communities and families, okay? Um, First of all, this was caught me as a surprise because I never would have referenced Dr. Seuss's books as something that would, and and of course, there's so many themes that exist in all the cartoons that we watched and all the programming that we uh, took in as children, but I just never would have thought about Dr. Seuss when I thought about offensive imagery and themes that may not be the healthiest to socializing children. Have you guys right. had that revelation about Dr. Seuss yet, or is this a new one on y'all too? Seuss is I mean, I didn't, I didn't see any of these uh, articles and conversations you're mentioning, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of... I want to look through them mm-hmm. and see like what exactly... Like, is the problem because like, from my memory dr seuss's characters were like made up looking you know they didn't look like anything they were like mm-hmm. different colors and so i'm wondering what the offense would be would even be mm-hmm. well it's funny you, you say that right because there was a 2019 study that was published in the journal research on diversity in youth literature right And Mm -hmm. they said that Dr. Seuss has had a long history of publishing racist and (laughs) anti-Semitic work, right? Oh, my God. I'm telling you, this is breaking news. Our whole childhood is a lie. Breaking fucking news because this actually, like I said, this came out this morning. I had a whole nother show planned, but I was reading my, you know, my trending topics. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) this is a thing. We're going to dive into this on the friend zone. So. Like I said, according to a 2019 study that was published in the journal Research on Diversity in Youth Literature, they note that Dr. Seuss had a long history of publishing racist and anti-Semitic work spanning back to the 1920s when he was a student at Dartmouth College, right? 
They mm. said that there, Dr. Seuss once drew black boxers as gorillas, okay, and perpetuated Jewish stereotypes by portraying Jewish characters as financially stingy. Now, this mm. is back when he was in college at Dartmouth College, right, in the fucking 1920s. So, again, this is chilling, <sighs> right, because we associate our memories of Dr. of Dr. Seuss books and literature and the Dr. Seuss brand as a whole as something warm and friendly. Dude, and, and, like... And, and educational. We learned so much. You'll never forget some of those bars. Them was bars to me. Dr. Seuss was a rapper. <laughs> shit. You got Dr. Dre, you, know you got Dr. This, Seuss. You know what this is? It kind of reminds me of like the power of branding. You know, mm -hmm. when you don't know these people, because it reminds me so much of when, when you start digging into Gandhi and Mother Teresa mm -hmm. and like all these figures that you grew up being told about. Um, you didn't get to experience yourself, obviously, because they were before our time, but their their work was like legacy work. And so you just kind of take in how everyone else has chosen to highlight them. And then everything crumbles because now in this day and age, people are digging deeper. <laughs> and yeah. so I've read things about Mother Teresa that like, I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it's I heard. Mother Teresa, like. Uh you I know? heard she got into a fight down to the uh, one of them <laughs> missions or something. So she said somebody had stepped on her foot, and they said Mother <laughs> Teresa got to kicking ass down there at the mission. So I heard Mother <laughs> Teresa, you know, I heard she with the shits. She I was with that. the shits, and Gandhi, you know, like I mean, it it's a list at this point, and I guess it, it ties into the thing of like not idolizing humans, mm -hmm. you know, and and the problem with putting people on these pedestals. Yeah. From celebrities to gurus to writers to you name it, even uh, fake famous. <laughs> so it's it's and just crazy because it just feels like it keeps happening. Even Cosby, like Cosby's another example. You know, he was <laughs> our dad growing up, a TV dad, and then now look how he's that an American panned horror out. story. <laughs> Bill Cosby, an American horror story. But yeah, like I just I don't know. This just really wow. struck me. But now I think though I think about it like. The cat in the hat, right? You know, he was always up to some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> the cat was mostly black. When you think oh, about God. it. Justin. When you think about it. When you think about it. I'm telling you, <laughs> the cat was mostly black. So it's just themes. It's just things I'm picking up on, you know? My third eye, my Uzi jewel is open. I'm telling you, like, I'm just, I can see. Okay, but wait, there's more. So... <laughs> That same study examined 50 books by Dr. Seuss and found that 43 out of the 45 characters of color have characteristics aligning with the definition of Orientalism, okay? Mm. Or the stereotypical offensive portrayal of Asia. Oh, shit. Now, especially at a time when I know you all have seen the uptick in awareness for uh, anti-Asian racism yes. that's going on in America, yes. really all over the world right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I just thought that that was timely, you know, that that was something that they highlighted last year before wow. this current wave of new information. and Not even new information because we've all, always known how people have been racist toward Asian people here in America and globally, but... Considering right. the pandemic and everything related to that, um, the horrible, disgusting, vile, nasty, um, um, shoe sole mouth things that Donald Trump said um, about right. Asians, you know, it's just it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's on the rise right now. But I thought that it was of note that they noted this back in 2019 in this study. 
There's wow. more. They said that there were two African characters who both had anti-black characteristics, okay? And the study found that the majority of human characters in Dr. Seuss's books are white, uh, thus centering whiteness and perpetuating white supremacy. So, right? But there's a bigger conversation that evolves beyond this. How do you guys feel about... First of all, where does this put you with the Dr. Seuss brand? How do you feel about the your memories of Dr. Seuss? Like, has this altered, you know, the positioning of those childhood moments with Dr. Seuss books that you personally have? Where you at with it? Shit. I mean, damn. <laughs> Motherfucker. Well, I would like to point to a... I would like to point you to a very triggered child that did not have enough money at the Scholastic Book Fairs to purchase mm -hmm. not Preach. only a, a Dr. Seuss book, but like a Dr. Seuss motherfucking, like they used to sell like the books with like the promo shit, whether it was like mm -hmm. a, a cat in the hat hat or yes, I remember like, that. or the cardboard cutout yeah. or like the whole series and one. So it's like I had memories of Dr. Seuss in the classroom but thank god you know unfortunately like when the, the the grinch movies came out it was just you know cool to see jim carrey it wasn't that i was so tied to seuss himself and you know of course seuss was the reason but that wasn't my main concern when i was watching certain things as, as i was a child because as a child you're not necessarily pro well i wasn't necessarily processing oh dr seuss dr seuss as much as i'm pr processing oh you know the cat and the hat or a character that i'm familiar with from the dr seuss uh, with that said, that don't make none of this shit okay. Because as you're saying, as we're having this conversation, it makes me think of all those cartoons <clears throat> where you later find out that uh, either cartoons might have a double meaning, or somebody done found some shit out oh to, God, to make it mean the, something like, else. Sexual innuendos. And that yes. made me think about like how people were saying, you know, SpongeBob was so like sublimely had it had all this stuff going on. I was like, I ain't know nothing about none of that. But then. <laughs> There's like a whole BuzzFeed article where they show, you know, SpongeBob puts the drawers on his face and it looks like his nose is a dick between the underwear. And then oh like there's my. like all these different like subliminal things that they got up. And it's like, I never would have known. But thank I God. Think, I think that's funny. No, that, that shit is funny. <laughs> but like, I, 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 I just I'm didn't. Just, I, I think it's funny shit. I mean, it <laughs> is funny, but then it's like, you also got to be like, oh, damn, I guess that shit do suck for the parents out there that don't realize they're showing eight. <laughs> Brian, what say you? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's not going to alter my relationship with the books as far as what's already happened mm -hmm. because that's just what it is. But obviously, moving forward, I don't have, like, Dr. Seuss books in my house or anything, so there's nothing I have to burn or get rid of. Right. But, you know, as you start building family... Mm -hmm. And even with the children that are in our lives, mm -hmm. when we tend to give them books and, you know, these are things that you do want to like now I'm more informed moving forward about. But, it, you know, then it also makes you think like, but do we know the authors of any books like this is just a very tricky, murky waters because he just got caught. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, think about um, what's her name? J.K. Rowling. Yeah. They, How uh, like she was, ass. yeah, she was like, I mean, cream of the crop, like with, and, and Harry Potter was just so massive. And then now you see how the tides have turned, like well, tides you know, have changed on her. 
I never really was here for all them bats flying around and butterbeer and all that shit. No. I never really was here for all of that shit. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Clocks bend up and trees twisted. I never was here for all that shit. But I'm glad that you bring up a great point because the next question that I wanted to ask you guys was how you feel about this retroactive you know social justice and the level of accountability that people are holding these brands at because you look at this but then you also look at what they did with Aunt Jemima you know the Aunt Jemima brand has changed their name yeah it's now Mm -hmm. the Pearl Milling Company which hilariously some people still find to have racist undertones Cause I heard, you know, the prayer, if I'm being honest, the Pearl Milling Company do sound like they'll lay your black ass off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Pearl Milling, yeah, I just got that layoff, man. It's layoffs. It's, uh, Down at the Pearl Milling. Yeah. Right. Down at Pearl the Milling. Pearl. But, okay. But, and then I, what another thing I thought was, this is totally unrelated to our conversation, but damn it, I thought it was funny. When the Shade Room posted a few weeks ago when the um, company announced that they were rebranding from Aunt Jemima to the Pearl Milling Company. Wait, hold on. Can we please name this episode Down at the Pearl Milling? <laughs> yeah, Down at the Pearl Milling. Down at the Pearl Milling. Me out well, you know, he, you know, he been down to the Pearl Milling for about the last 16 years. He got about 16 years seniority. How about you going on down to the Pearl yeah. Milling? Okay. You cash out your 401k fucking around with the Pearl Milling. But uh, um, there were black celebrities all up and through the comments who were saying that they weren't going to buy it anymore because they know it don't taste the same. Now, oh mind you, <laughs> mind you, <laughs> it's the blackest shit ever, right? Mind you, they've said nothing about an adjustment to the recipe. Literally nothing. Nothing. But the fact that that fucking name changed, <laughs> and I'm not going to name the names. I'm not going to say no names. I'm not going to do that. But I'm telling you, there was black celebrities in those comments mm-hmm. who would say, I ain't eating that shit no more. It ain't going to taste the same. But it is. And then you have XD tweeting, talking about, oh, I'm keeping my bottle. That might be worth <laughs> something later. <laughs> gonna be worth something later on but again that's just an example though of this like i get i said this retroactive social justice and level of accountability that brands are taking so how do you guys feel about that is that a good thing is it something that you feel like things should just be left for what they are and we make better choices moving forward like how do you guys feel about that i mean i i think it's a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. i think it's the best answer for me like yeah, Aunt Jemima, okay. You know, that's, come on. Right. I'm okay with that being removed because we all know what that was about. Um, Dr. Seuss. So that's my only question. What's going to happen? Are they going to, like, shut down production? Those Are six, they gonna... Only those six titles. They've determined, they went through, remember, it was o- over 50 of the uh, books that they had, I guess, um, evaluated reviewed right yeah reviewed thank you friend reviewed and there were Mm -hmm. six titles that they were pulling from publishing they're not going to publish six titles. but this is what's interesting to me Mm -hmm. he's still the man that created all of the titles Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's like that's the part that i guess it's like they're just like oh we're gonna pull these six it's like this racist person (laughs) this allegedly racist person uh, I'm only saying that because I, I haven't read it myself. Right, right, um, right. But this allegedly racist person um, has written all of these books, but they're only going to remove six. It's like, I don't know. It's just very strange. I, I don't know. To be honest, I, I don't, I can't say that I have the answer <laughs> to any of this because mm-hmm. 
I do believe in retroactive justice, but I do think it should be a case by case basis. You do. So if I'm and Asante, you feel the same way. How do you feel about yeah, this? Because 100... I want to know what y'all think the cases should be. But go ahead, right, Asante. Right. No, I was gonna say 100 of what Fran said because there's still it, like I I don't have the answer because I'm still battling this in music. You know what I'm saying? Like whenever the conversations right, comes right. up about artists and it's like you know how close or complicit they are to a situation even if they you know aren't part of the situation if they still are like there are just these levels that it makes it hard for me to even decipher like like some people i can just like let go of dr seuss i can let go of because i'm a grown-ass man but like i think it would be harder for me to have this conversation if i were a parent i guess or a teacher or Mm -hmm. somebody so like as for me like i can literally throw them away but as a parent i think it would be harder for me to decide like yeah i can't throw them away but you know should it just be considered right that they got rid of the six books since they did all their research or what you know because i don't necessarily subscribe to cancel culture like you know with the masses but when i'm done with somebody i'm personally done like i don't got to go tell the mountains about it but if it's somebody that's done some shit that's wrong you know it's a case by case on how canceled i feel like they should or should not be well i think that our power lies in our dollar right when we're talking about entertainers when we're talking about um businesses and brands that uh that are soliciting us as customers right Mm -hmm. um our way of making a statement is by not purchasing things from them by not um, engaging with them in that way right not supporting them with our with our money for example right like y'all know I was a huge and still am a huge fan of Kanye West's early work the last album by him that I supported with my dollars and have streamed uh, was the life of Pablo after that he started wilding out you know, saying some really wild things in the media. We all know about the failed presidential bid, if we even want to call it that. Like, I, um, so I have not been supporting his work. I don't even stream his old music. Now, what I will do is go on YouTube and to find some account that's not connected to him where he won't get any dollar revenue from the money Got or whatever. You, you know, right. and, you know, you know, but, but, but I'm not. The workaround. You know, but, <laughs> but I'm not, um, I haven't listened to anything. Um, after the life of Pablo, I remember one night I was in a club. I probably told this story on this show before, but I was in a club one night and heard this incredible song. It was like a minute intro or either the DJ was just looping it. And then after a while I heard his, um, I'm not going to insult his looks, so never mind. But I heard his voice, you know what I mean? After a while and I was like, damn, this must, it was right around the time that album that he did in Wyoming had come out. I can't remember which which one it was, but it was right around there. So I know that song must live on that project. But I went on and went to the bathroom. I think I peed and started talking to somebody else in the club or whatever because I didn't want to be a part. I didn't want to continue to enjoy it because I didn't want to support him. And so that that's just an example, I guess, of ways that we can do this. Dr. Seuss, right. prime example. You don't agree with those books? Don't buy his shit. You know what I'm saying? Don't buy those books. I think that there is something to be said for the fact that this information came from the Dr. Seuss company. They mm-hmm. tweeted all this out today on Dr. Right. Seuss's birthday. Made they didn't a statement. wait to be dragged by no. someone who was doing mm-hmm. the research. And the only reason that, that I'm even aware, and I'm sure most people are aware that that study even took place uh, in 2019 is because it was um, supplemental information to this original statement being made from the Dr. Seuss brand directly that, hey, 
We have evaluated our work. We want to stand for these principles as a company. We've made this decision to take this corrective action on something that we have deemed to need correcting. And I think that there's something to be said for them doing that. This was Agreed. not as a result of an outcry or outrage or anything. <laughs> they they called us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how we found out about any of this. So I think there's something to be said for that. But I think the line is just it's a it's a blurry line. It's a murky water to um, kind of expect some sort of solve or some sort of of corrective action on behalf of these brands for, um, you know, uh, consistently racist uh, products and and, and behaviors being exhibited on their behalf. Right. Um, So, yeah. So that being said about Dr. Seuss, Let's take the conversation just a step further, right? Because accountability, I feel like, goes both ways. Well, Dustin, can I have a chance to ask you a question? Yes, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) What do you... What do you feel like is the correct course of action? Like, do you feel like this is enough, just the six books? Do you feel like... Because that's why I was saying as a parent, I feel like it would be hard not to say that you're a parent, but I want to hear another perspective. But I feel like as a parent, it would be hard to be like, all right, well, good, six books is enough. Whereas some might be like, well, they also need to start a foundation too, or something like that. Like, is it enough that they brought it to us that there was an issue and they fixed it? Well, yeah, because a bitch that say something like that usually don't even give um, a dollar. <laughs> when you can, don't even buy them. Remember them chocolate bars with the Whopper coupons and shit from back in the day, that little <laughs> oh fundraiser? The bitches that say shit like that don't even be donating to the kids. They don't even buy candy from the kids on the subway. So I'm not interested in the old, well, y'all need to donate to this charity ass motherfucker, right? I don't want to hear that. However, I do think it's great. I cannot say if it's enough or not because I have not conducted my own review of their catalog to say what needs to be changed and what doesn't. But the fact that I wasn't even this wasn't even on my rare on my radar rather, but I'm aware of it because of their statement that they chose to make. I think that that deserves um, a nod from me. You know what I'm saying? I I think that was good behavior and good business on behalf of the brand. So. I ain't saying, you know what I'm saying, get the cat neutered. All I'm saying is, or spayed or whatever the fuck you do to cats. Hi, Trio Jade's cat, who I don't care what nobody say. She said the cat was smoking a cigarette in the front. Did I tell y'all about that? Oh, my God. I told y'all I asked her what. So Jade has a cat named Trio. Long story short. Cutest cat, too. She's I very love cute. That she got cat. colored contacts. Jade cat got, got no. uh, her cat got colored contacts. <laughs> She's going to Wait till I tell Crystal. Hey, Crystal, if you're listening, girl, Jade Cat Trio got colored contacts. I know you hate her. <laughs> but anyway, so. <laughs> but Jade said that damn cat. I was like, where Trail at? She was like, she in the front smoking a cigarette. I was like, what? I said, what? What did you say? Now, she's going to deny that. But I'm telling you, <laughs> that is what she said. Anyway, now I'm not saying that, you know, uh, it's time to put funny. the cat to sleep. All I'm saying is, <laughs> you know, I think this was a good thing. It was a step in the right direction. I'm interested in seeing what they do next, right? Right. That answer your question, Asante? I mean, yeah, I just keep making this cor- correlation to uh, this story. <clears throat> and you're right. Like, they came they came and they was like, look, we did some research. This they shit ain't right. us. Like, right. But I keep thinking to myself about these other types of situations because, like I said, I keep thinking about music where these artists keep coming out with these, like, fucked up ass allegations or scandals or whatever. And then it's like, you know, me as a fan, I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to listen to nobody that's involved with no shit like that. I know who you're talking about. 
Well, I could be talking about. Se- I have several people coming to mind. Sadly, Sadly like no. I know who I'm, you're talking about. Well, I know who you're talking about. Well, th- I mean, fine. One of them, but that one of them look like your shirt. And wow. No. <laughs> the main one I'm thinking. <laughs> and I love her. I love you, bitch. But I don't no, like what you did. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even going it. I'm, I'm talking like like think about like R. Kelly, right? Like that's the main one I'm thinking about. Because oh, you see oh where, where people still be like hitting streets marching, talking about free R. Kelly. But then it's like really with everything that has been presented to you, you still like you out here shouting that and they but like, I he just get his ass beat in jail. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago or something. Recently, yeah. But yeah, like I think about situations like those where there are people that feel like there's something redeeming. But this is kind of different because nobody even saw anything wrong with what Dr. Seuss did, except for the people in house, like the people that were like, "All right, well, you know, right." But before y'all come to us, we we've done some soul searching. But I I think the the other main thread that I like about this story is kind of that thought, like. I don't know what the team looks like, but in my mind, I want to say it's almost as if a white person did their own work or a white person did the work and decided to, uh, cause I know we're not that's talking good about though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. That's why I said the, the other point that I kind of want to get to or think about, because, uh, I know we're not talking about the bell collective, but one thing I liked on the bell collective, you know, it's black folks trying to build. And I hate it. There was an episode where there was a white woman crying. So that's, you know, just kind of st- try to stay with me here. Uh, do you remember, you know what I'm talking about? That's Kay- the- Her name's Kaylin. I know okay. exactly who you're Real quick, about. friend. And for those who don't, Bell Collective yeah. is a, a, a ensemble cast reality series on the OWN Network that's produced by Carlos King that chronicles the lives of about five to six um, successful entrepreneurs who happen to be black women in Jackson, Mississippi. And they had a run-in with a very... Um, classless and and volatile and disruptive personality who happened to be a white woman named Kaylin. And that is what Asante That is what Asante is referring baby, to. Baby, baby, baby. Um, so yes, the reason I even brought that up is because it was crazy to me that there was this black woman, there were black women having a brunch and there was this one straight white woman here and there, of course the black women were talking about their struggle as black women doing business and struggling with racism in the South and then the one white woman begins to cry and has a fit and goes out to excuse herself where they go ask her what's wrong and she tells she tells them, you know, white people, we don't talk about y'all like that. We don't do that. We don't do that. In my mind, it was kind of like, damn, uh, a, I can't stay, I, like I'm mad at Antoinette, the girl that brought her to the brunch, because it's like now you're making us do the work to help this white woman understand and coddle her. And it's like not our responsibility to, because we're complaining about the fact that the majority is fucking with us and should not be fucking with us just because of the color of our skin. But I say all of that to say, or I had to take you back there to take to say, Dr. Seuss, this makes me think of, instead of them being Kaylin crying in the room, they were the white woman that was in the room to be like, you know, I'm sorry for y'all struggle. Like, this is how I'm doing my part to to alleviate that stress but is it enough to necessarily alleviate the stresses i guess where i was getting at before and that's why i threw in like a black woman or a person saying you know all right should they do this sort of initiative because those books have been out for so long you know by simply pulling them from a shelf does it take away from damages that might have affected people and they might not have even known that affected that it affected them because they were reading these damn Dr. Seuss books. Yeah, but there's no way you can quantify or qualify that, right? It's very possible that there are people who are damaged by certain imaging that has like racist stereotypes attached to it, but there's no way that you could that they could even begin to I guess make a, a, a make a, a gesture to forgive 
that action. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That would that would be sufficient. There's no way they can do it. And that's why I appreciate the fact that this was not a response to someone calling them out or a response to an egregious, you know, occurrence that they had committed against a person specifically. This was them saying, you know what, self self edit. Right. We didn't like this, and here's what we've decided to do as a company. So I, mm-hmm. I, I personally didn't want to get caught up. It was, up. A, call, it was yeah, a call in. That's what it was, <laughs> not a call out. So I, so I, <laughs> you know, I just felt like that was a good thing. Anything right. else that they do moving forward, which I'm sure, anytime a company makes a statement like that, they've automat- they've obviously established some sort of entity internally to assess matters like that, and I'm sure there will be things done on the other side of this to show and demonstrate their positioning, you know, as a company with a new perspective or a newfound focus on that sort of messaging. So I'm sure we'll see differences in the way that they move, but I think it's a great first step and whatever they do next, I think it'll be good for their brand and for the people who are um, in contact with their brand. You feel me? Mm-hmm. It won't be no cats and hats around here. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) Okay, so, all right. So what can you guys think of any other brands, any other um, companies, shows, movies, anything else that you think, what other companies or entities do you think need to do a self-edit like that to kind of comb through and see if there's anything in there that they need to change? I could tell you one right now, even though you ain't on the air no more, and if y'all do come back on there, I would love to be on there, Wayne's family, so please don't take this personal and get mad at me, but I want to see Gay Revenge. Uh, y'all had the two snaps in the Z formation for years on In Living Color. The men on films hated it oh. and all that shit. I want to see a gay bully. I want to see some gay people <laughs> fighting back. I want to see a, a gay school bully taking everybody lunches and beating their ass and, and you know, all that. I want to see all that. I want to see gay people's revenge. That's what I want to see because it exists. <laughs> and that's the, the that's the messaging that we need. Okay? Y'all want to put gay <laughs> shit on TV? It don't have to just be kissing. I want to see somebody gay fucking somebody up. That's what I want to <laughs> see. A gay victor. That's what I want to see. What about you guys? <laughs> For real, imagine, imagine, imagine if um, let me see, who was some? Imagine if Tommy on Power was gay. You know what I'm wow. saying? Like that's some shit I want. I want to see a motherfucker right. don't give I'm like. You. you know, I, that's what I want to see, man. So go ahead. Show the range. Show the range. <laughs> I mean, they started to back in the day because uh, remember on the wire. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Back when you found out, I was like, uh, "What?" And Oz, remember? Oh, Oz? now Oz, now. Yeah, that was some, some, some different. I mean, I guess along the same lines, like uh, <laughs> for Latinas, like we, the only thing you see is the ones that look like Sofia Vergara. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, where's the black ones? I love I don't, you doing I, your Latin shit. What's her name, friend? <laughs> Say it again for Latinas. <laughs> Do it, Latinas. friend. Mm-hmm. So that's <laughs> What's her name? What's her name, so- friend? Sofia Vergara. You Ooh, know, I'm like. Friend. <laughs> I did that just for you. I love it when you be on your shit. <laughs> no, but you on know, like. On your caca. <laughs> <laughs> on your caca, you hear? <laughs> like, I got so hyped because Netflix had a show with, like, a black witch. Did y'all see that? It came out, I think, maybe so year before so last. Luna. Love and hip-hop? It no. was. <laughs> I... 
It was something that was like mystical. It was like and the Brazilian witch show. Stu- yeah, something like I know that. What you're talking and, about. and um, and we were all hyped when the promos came out because I was like, oh shit, you know she's dark skinned. Yeah, it's a it's a mystical show that taps into like our African religions. You know, yeah. like I was like, yes. And then it came out, and it was like she had like a white she was a slave who ran off with the white master i was like what this is the only way that we could have a black lead is in relation to a white lead you know and it just was so frustrating to see it had nothing to do with anything that celebrated us and or the african religions or our connections to the diaspora i mean it was like such a letdown and i feel like that continues to happen and even you know people have hit me like oh you should create something but let's be real you've seen a lot of people no but content (laughs) like to to try to get content that that centers black latinas but i'm like even me my look is very tired in the industry how many girls have you seen that look like me with the curly hair and the light it's like I want to put <laughs> y'all so I ain't funny. No, ain't no bitch like Amaya, Amaya Scott. Shout out to the beautiful Ooh, and talented Amaya Scott. Ooh, she just legendary. tweeted the other day, uh, long as there's breath in my body, a bitch could never. Okay? <laughs> 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 that, 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 that's all I'm going to say. And honestly, well, I mean, that's real because Amaya has been the shit forever. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, for sure. The blueprint. Popped. The blueprint. What? So I feel so. And obviously, I don't mean as far as me or the person oh, or the yeah, talent, yeah. but I mean, my look is not different from what we've seen with my look is the safe black you know we've talked about that before so i i would love to push projects that were more in line with the range like dustin was saying the range of looks the range of stories range of voices like come on we not always the the cleaning lady you know like that's the maid in the house like it and and don't get me wrong those are important stories because my mom was a cleaning lady my family that's how we came to this country i will never knock that story because it is very important but it's not the only one and i think that that's the issue it's like we get in where we fit in and then we're that's where we're allowed to stay and it's like i would love for more stories to be told and more leads that look different yeah. And that would be exciting. That would be so exciting. I so I guess that's my only call in <laughs> for what the industry. What about you, Asante? Um, so I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but because <laughs> Fran took me down like a rabbit hole of TV there, and it, it just made me think of uh, black people as a whole. Like, I, I'm just tired of seeing like black people in support roles when it comes to certain things on TV. Hello. Like. And actually, let me preface this a different way, because I'm sorry, Dustin, I'm getting aside from your original point, but I just, because Fran did all that, I just had to talk about TV for it real quick. Um, well, that can work. What things in TV do you what do you think should be changed retroactively well, if you were to go back? Well, so let's talk about what I like first, and then we'll talk about what needs to change. Because what I like mm-hmm. on TV is, um, shout out to WandaVision right now. That's like a super popping uh, Disney Plus. Like everybody's talking about that right now. I but... started watching it because it's all my timelines talking about. You started? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, okay, I don't usually fall into the like what everybody's watching. But, you know, after a while, if that's all you see, and then it got rated the highest the most watched TV series of all time. I Damn. was like, okay. I didn't know that was one of the Olsen it. twin sisters that play Wanda. Elizabeth yeah, Olsen. Yeah, that's their mm-hmm. little sister, which is bugged out. I was like, what a fucking fortunate ass family. Man, she a whole, she like a white woman now. I didn't even see all, 
Nah, you know, like I was surprised. Like, she, she grown. Like, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I thought she was I always thought about her as they little sisters. That's a, she's a white woman. A whole grown woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, y'all know I watch all that bullshit. Like uh this Wanda, this story, uh, they're talking about Sword, which is an agency that's also like part of Shield, which there was a show on ABC Agents of Shield, where they actually had like a lot of black people in the superhero role. So A I'm tired of the same superheroes getting a million and one reboots. Like, I've seen Batman the same amount of times, Superman, Spider-Man, all of them. I'm, just, I'm Bro, tired of yes. that. And B, I don't necessarily, because I know people are real, like, sensitive when it comes to, you know, we should have our own version of this or we should have a black this. So the conversation's happening about a black Superman. That could be cool. It's just, for me personally, I'm tired of us. Because black people, we are so fucking cool. So it's like when we do our interpretations of things, they look dope and then we want to see that. But we're also so cool and so original that I want to see more of the original characters that have either already been created, like more of those black character stories, or more new original characters be greenlit for for, uh, TV and movies and film. Because I'm tired of the same people. Like if I see one more fucking Batman movie and they're like, oh, well now we're finally going to get a black Batman. It's like, there have been 30 Batman movies. I don't want to just now finally see a black one. Can we just get a dope black character story arc that gets all the respect and justice that it needs and it's it's due. So that was one of the things because on Wanda, WandaVision, there's an actress, Tiana Paris. Shout out to Tiana Paris. She's Uh, so beautiful. She's Mm -hmm. so beautiful, so fun and so dope. Like she gives all of the energy. She kind of reminds me. I love her face. I love her hair. I love her talent. I just like seeing her on screen. I'm like, yes. Perfectly cast, especially, you know, in this age of, you know, representation. She's a a perfect like face for a little girl to see and say, I want to be that when I grow up. So I want to see more of that all of the time. And, and, uh, her character is re- is regularly or originally, excuse me, a black character, so perfect. So I want to see black characters be the shit. Like there's a black Green Lantern as per the comics, but whenever we talk about the Green Lantern in the like the movies and stuff, we always talk about the white one. And some of the cartoons do include the black one, John Stewart. But I want to bring the black Green John Lantern Stewart back is to. Black. <laughs> that's the that's the. <laughs> That's the nigga's name on the Wait, cartoon. Wait, no, am I? Oh, but no, not the John Stewart. Not, not that John Stewart. Another John Stewart. <laughs> I was gonna say because you know sometimes it'd be you know one drop rule. Sometimes yeah, you don't yeah, know. Yeah. Sometimes like, you don't. Like they, slash. Tell me that before the end of the month, man. I would have gave a shout out, man. So yeah, I just feel like I want to see more original uh, stories come out because one thing when like we got our action movies, when Jordan Peele started coming out with like Get Out and stuff like that, it was like cool. Like it was original. They added our own flavor to it, you know, by doing like a horror remix to, to a song, and then it's like our story, like. There was a semblance of whiteness there, but a lot of black people were able to see all of those like underlying clues there that white folks is really like, I didn't catch that at all. Like, I like when things are not necessarily just for us, but when we can appreciate things, not because of not that they had to be wrapped in some sort of uh, the respectability politics or some shit that like I feel like when we when we make a, a, a superhero black we're just trying to see what the respectable version of that would be and i don't care about that yeah fuck all that i want my superhero to not give a fuck and and, and murder motherfuckers and shit now here's my thing <laughs> <laughs> you know like a real one now okay so question more in your wheelhouse maybe because you're a gamer you know what i'm saying you've been you ain't new to this you true to this you've been pushing buttons on a controller yeah. so what in the video game world do you think, mm. like, are there old video video games where you have seen racist themes be pre- be present? Are there old video games with, or even some of your, <laughs> what's that shit called, y'all? Um, 
anime, anime bullock. What's the things y'all read? Magna, manga, all that, mange, all that. Listen, here's the thing. (laughs) Do you see themes in those, in those, um, projects that you feel could be corrected or done differently to be more inclusive. My hands look so good in that Zoom video. Y'all see? They, they do. do. They look real Why immaculate. Do my hands look like that. Like, they look very soft and well moisturized and like, and like God, pristine. <laughs> like yeah, they look great. Um. Okay. So one thing that Probably comes up a say. lot. <laughs> one thing that comes up a lot in uh, the animation world and stuff is like voice acting like should they have more like black voice actors or why do uh, white people be playing uh, black characters that sort of thing um oh god yes i saw with the simpsons like uh mm-hmm. apu was it mm-hmm. apu? Abu, I think. or apu he, yeah apu, the guy at the he, store right he mm-hmm. had it was a white person and like that person i believe stepped down you know and and then it, it kind of there's another cartoon that y'all watch. Oh, man, I forgot what it is. Uh, I think I where know the character's black yeah. and it was a white guy, but it's you know I was like, yeah. man, that's wild because he'd been playing that. this. You saw it too because he'd been voicing this for like years, like, and for him to step down, I was like, this is a, such a wild, interesting time. Yeah. yeah. So back into more of that, like, I know that sometimes. Because I, I can't think of the examples off my head, but I feel like Cree Summer, uh, she's probably voiced some white characters oh, or some man. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I feel Cree like Summer. I feel like people think in, the, in that industry, like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter what color you are. You get voice cast for any character, but the privilege still lied in. They were still casting more white people than people of color. So it was like, yeah, I guess you could use the excuse that you have anybody play anybody's voice, but y'all still need to put more blacks, Latinas in here, like everybody up in here. You know what this is reminding me of? Sorry to interrupt no, go you. Ahead. I saw a movie, and it's crazy we're saying this because I just had this convo last night. Are you gonna Mystic talk about Zone speak on it. strikes speak on again. It. There was a movie <laughs> I watched. I really wish I remembered the title because it is years old. Maybe someone can help me. Where the lead was paraplegic, and it was a paraplegic love story set in India. And let me tell you, I was glued because it was like, oh my God, I've never seen a paraplegic mm-hmm. lead, number one. Then it was a love story. It was such a beautifully that written love story. really dope. Dude, there was no like pandering. You know, like it was like mm-hmm. a really, you could tell, or at least to me, that whoever wrote it was really coming from like the experience of it. You know, not just a gaze of like, oh, this is what I think a love story would be. Um, and I was, I remember I was so blown away and I go to the Twitter of the girl because I had to tweet her and just like, you know how I do. I go on Twitter and, and highlight people that I just think are amazing at what they do. And when I go to her page, her main picture, she's standing at a red carpet. And I was like, wait the fuck a minute. Like when I tell you that... <laughs> There was something about it that really felt so off to me because it was like, are you kidding me? I bet I know what it was. (laughs) What you mean? But you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, are you fucking, like, I don't, Uh, y'all don't understand. So does this mean that she's an amazing writer? 
or does this mean that somebody else should have written it? How do you, what was your takeaway? Well, here's the argument I was having last night about this because Mm -hmm. I was telling someone and they were like, well, what's wrong with someone playing a paraplegic? And I was like, no, I don't think that's right. And then I was like, maybe. And then they were saying, you know, Twitter has gotten to me. I'm like, maybe, but I also feel like a paraplegic actor exists and they don't have the opportunities to have a lead role. So for someone to take that position, where whereas a paraplegic person will be speaking from firsthand experience and think about the casting calls. How many casting calls have you seen for a lead, you know, that's not able-bodied? Like, mm-hmm. that's not common. And so you're basically already taking such a marginalized community. You're taking their opportunity. And so I felt that that wasn't cool. And even though she did an incredible job to the point that, like, you know, it made me look for her. But there was that feeling of, like, I fucking thought this was your life experience, bro. <laughs> like, and it, it bothered me because I felt I felt bamboozled <clears throat> when I saw her in the red carpet with a gown. I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> Fran, I was on Twitter, like, a week or two ago. And I wish I would have, like, saved the tweets, the thread. But uh, they were, somebody was tweeting about this movie that was triggering them. And it fucked me up because... I like you know when you like log on to Twitter and you start learning something like you just end up in a thread and you're like oh this is educational like it's not like no mess so like th- mm-hmm. this person um they were disabled and they were commenting about this movie where this actor uh, that was getting rave reviews had did su- had done such a good job playing this disabled character and they're watching from the lens of this is incorrect they're taking like the few little bits that they know about a disabled person and Hello. sensationalizing those. Meanwhile, See? there are actual people out there that could give you firsthand accounts, like that you didn't could even, speak true to the experience, like could literally like the way that no one else could. Like if you, they were like, you know, I'm disabled to the point to where you know, if you really just wanted someone to do what they did, I could have done it, and it actually be real, not crazy, because every time they watch them, and then the movie itself wasn't viewable or really shouldn't have been viewable for certain people because they said that there were a lot of these intermittent light scenes that of course you know could trigger epilepsy and there was no warning or any of that and i was just like this is crazy the fact that you know people i don't know if they made this movie to help the community or they just wanted to tell this type of story or what but it was so fucked up like reading this account of someone saying like this shit was wrong (laughs) <laughs> like all yeah wrong. and i th- and i and you know it's i think that in itself is a really really interesting conversation because i've even had this convo with maya because you know she's an actress mm-hmm. and we've talked about like the fun of being an actor is stepping into roles that are challenging that are different that are outside of your experience and then trying to speak through them like that's the literal joy of being an actor but in this day and age has that changed when you consider that there are people who you're taking the experience from Mm. because we've seen time and time again how many white people have gotten to play the queens of egypt (laughs) how many white people get to step into these roles and really speak through experiences that they actually have no connection to but it's just it's been so whitewashed as a as a an industry so you know that's one thing but then even now it's a deeper conversation like able-bodied, like gender, like sexuality. You know, it's like, should the people that are that can speak to these experiences be the only ones to play these roles? 
it's I don't think that it's that they should be the only ones to play these roles, right? But I think that it would provide a great service to the job as an actor to have someone who's had those experiences because right. what your job is as an actor is to express and to 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 solicit emotion, to express emotion and to solicit emotion from the people who view the piece. The right. way that you can accomplish by that is from tapping into experiences that may or may not be akin to what you have been asked to portray. So right. if you have the talent of an actor to be able to express and convey emotion in that way, plus you have the actual experience of what the character, who the character is, and all of the things and nuances of life experience as a person who has that circumstance to where you can source that emotion that's why it makes it better so it right. is better if the person is if you if you have a, a paraplegic lead and you're able to find a, a paraplegic actor to play the part and play it well that's great if you can't and he, and or you know who knows as you said this lady was amazing in this role right and that's the other combo my friend was saying what if they didn't find a paraplegic actor that was good right enough you're just not for the supposed role. to do the movie just, so, and no. that's what my friend was saying. So should the movie just not have been done? And I'm like, but I bet you they didn't even put a casting and call see, out for one. Conversation I right bet there. you. I can that's bet that. They just picked her because she was cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were like, this would be a cool lead. Mm -hmm. That's you one know? thing I've always been interested in. Uh, in back, when I was, <laughs> back when I was doing my own little acting, she's not. I always like thought about the process for casting. Like, it's one thing to just find an actor, you know, that can act, but then to also have a little background about it, their experience to see where they pull from is kind of interesting. Because if you're a casting director and you're casting uh, someone for a disabled role and they're not at all disabled, you know, if you find out that maybe it's something near and dear to their heart because of a family member or they spend time working and helping out in the community or something like that, I feel like those roles will probably are the those roles are probably done justice because those people understand um, just how deep it is to the community. But I feel like all actors understand that going into a role, it's just a matter of, you know, how well they do by when they execute the role. I was trying to see if I could find the movie, but I can't find it. If I find it, I'll let y'all know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of trouble in the media. Man. I mean, it's such a great combo though. Cause mm -hmm. it, it, it's a lot to think about. Cause one last thing, Maya's point was like, so then does that mean that like, you're only supposed to play yourself? You know, do you get boxed in then as a creative where it's like if we're if we're uh, drawing lines of the sand where people can only speak to their experience, then where's the range that you get to show? You know, mm -hmm. so it just it, like I said, it's it's a combo that can be taken in many places. And I'm Lots actually curious, those of you who are listening, I'd love to hear you chime in, especially if you are an actor or have dealt with this or just what your thoughts are, because I think it's such a juicy combo. Juicy, Absolutely. Juicy. So uh, apparently now we know why the eggs was green because they came from a black <laughs> chicken. No, I'm just playing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to tap you guys' brains and um, see what you thought about Dr. Seuss and, and their decision to take accountability for some decisions um, creatively and artistically that may not have been so great. And right. also what that means about our classics, our favorites, and just how much responsibility um, brands and companies have in kind of writing their wrongs. So thanks so much for participating in this evening's conversation. conversation. Hey, HBCU fam, get ready to turn up the energy. 
McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Now we're going to switch things over to your drive at five with DJ W-E-L-L, friend, coming up next. <laughs> Take it away, friend. So I'm torn because I had a um, I had two wellness segments and I'm like, which one should I do? Because Boom. one just hit me. <laughs> I guess I'll save one and I'll and I'll do this one now because uh, Penguin Random House, Ooh. Uh, the book publishing company, they sent me a box this morning of books. Go ahead, that they felt i know i was like that's the best gift to just get a box of books mm-hmm. and and two of them first of all all the books are amazing i've posted it on twitter one at hey friend hey if you want to see the books they sent me just because i know a lot of you were like oh continue to share these because i always need book ideas mm-hmm. and if you look at the comments under the picture a lot of people have read the books that they sent me and were sharing their insights their thoughts and and that's always cool to see because it seems like the books are amazing. So I'm excited. But two of them in particular had to do with lowering your heart rate and minimizing anxiety, which ties in so perfectly, so seamlessly with the wellness segments we've been having the past yeah. couple of weeks. So I felt like that was just divine. I was like, oh, the timing of this to come the same day as the day we record. It's a it's a series. the mystic zone so i just thought you know i had to tell you guys about these books i was looking through them and like i said when i shared them a few people even on instagram were dming me telling me how amazing they had or rather the amazing experiences they had had with these books um the first one is called nothing much happens cozy and calming stories to soothe your mind (laughs) and help you sleep by Catherine Nikolai. So apparently this is a podcast. Mm. One of those podcasts that you listen to to help you sleep. And the stories are literally about nothing. <laughs> they go nowhere. But that's what <laughs> brings the calm to your body. I love like, this. <laughs> it's a cool idea. Um, and so apparently she tells stories that kind of go nowhere and about nothing in particular. And then it kind of just helps you doze off to bed. And then she decided to turn it into a book. So I was looking through it and you guys, it is the cutest. Look at this. It's just like a lot of little bedtime stories for adults and they're all short. They're like, you know, five, 10 pages. Some are only two, three pages. Such a really cool idea. And like I said, when I posted this, so genius I love that. so good and and like i said people were telling me like yo you gotta listen to the podcast like the podcast is clutch it has helped me fall asleep on many you know insomnia frenzy nights uh so 
definitely check out the book once again that's nothing much happens cozy and calming stories to soothe your mind and help you sleep by katherine nikolai uh she spells katherine k-a-t-h-r-y-n and nikolai is n-i-c-o-l-a-i such a cute concept i i have uh admittedly fallen off on my reading as of late ain't like what you spoke ain't that what the book's supposed to do to you <laughs> Don't it make you fall off? Ain't that what it's the intention, right? <laughs> I haven't been reading as much. Just, you know, a lot going on. And to be honest, I've sat and tried to read and my brain was just like, nope. And I'm not someone that forces it. So I'm going to read this tonight when I go to sleep and I'm, I'll report back next week. Um, but I'm so, you know, because the stories are so short, I feel like my attention span can hang with this book. Um, the second book I wanted to tell you guys about because it is so cute. It is called Create Your Own Calm, a journal for quieting anxiety. And it's by Mira Lee Patel. That's M-E-E-R-A-L-E-E-P-A-T-E-L. And it's so cute because it's just a journal with writing prompts. And so, like, this one says, this one says, what are five things you would do if you didn't feel afraid? And then it has, like, it, the space it. for you to list it. <laughs> it, it. <laughs> did you want names? <laughs> and then the bottom says, now close your eyes and believe you are brave. How will you move toward each of these what five did he say? things? <laughs> Close your eyes and believe you are brave. How will you move toward each of these five things? And it's just so sweet. This one has like, what are the most important values to you? And then it has a ton of words on the on the page. And you just wow. like, it's just cute, yeah. reflective. I think these are cute little books that like, when you need some time to yourself to kind of tap in, to see how you're feeling. And they, they have plagiarized like, like the other lady made. <laughs> I'm so mad at you. It's an original, original work. <laughs> Look at this page. It says, close your eyes and imagine your most beautiful life. What does it look like? Draw or describe it here. I love this, you guys. It's very friend, very cute. <laughs> and then each, uh, each left-hand side of the page has, like, really cool art and quotes. I love wow. that. That are, like... So just something to, you know, I think... We forget to be playful with ourselves. I think that's something that I've learned, like coloring, sketching. I, <laughs> I bought I a bunch of markers uh, yesterday. In the <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I knew it. I knew it was coming. I tried to just keep Me driving. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Go ahead. But, but friend, I love that book. And the art reminds me of, do you remember Blue Mountain Arts? Hand, yes. um, um, cards. That's what yes, it reminds with me of. the watercolors. Greeting cards. Yeah, Blue yes. Mountain Arts. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like what this reminding me of is the more playful side of wellness, where it doesn't have to always be like these deep, reflective journal prompts right. that are like having you go into your childhood layers and your just shadow work. Good. This is just like circle some words to see how you feel about them and kind of tap in closer. This one is like color, draw Top what your life shit. looks like. <laughs> it's nice though sometimes. Yeah, I like For it. wellness to just be playful. And I love that it's like drawing, sketching, circling words, slight journal prompts. And then the other one is just really cute bedtime stories. Like if we were a kid 
And like I said, I just started coloring lately and I bought some new markers and Cheska Lee actually. Shout out to Cheska. She's I good love at that. Cheska Lee. Do you ever see in her IG stories when she posts like sketches and watercolor things that she does? And she bought a ukulele that she'd be playing on her couch to her dog. Like, you know, it's just reminders to just like take some time out to be playful. And I just kind of wanted to put that into the wellness segment this week because everything doesn't have to be so heavy. Sometimes we could just be kids who just want some playtime. And sometimes you just need to put it in the wellness segment. I can't, I love. <laughs> I can't wait to put it in the wellness segment either this week. Sometimes it's just what you need. Dustin Ross. That's and with right, that baby. I'm back. Said, <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, we're going to move on to Mr. Music Man. What you got for us, Asante? Well, I am very excited this week in music. I would like to take you on my first ride. I'm actually going to just go ahead and play this song out the gate, and then we can discuss right after. So for those of you out there listening, listen up, and then we'll talk. don't know she's so bomb man. that was india sean that is my angel my homie <laughs> my lover like i love 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 india sean i've talked so about much. her a million times a trillion times that is her new single it's called too sweet it's featuring the unknown mortal orchestra for those of you who don't know they actually have a song called multi-love which India did a cover of like five years ago and actually when she came to New York she shot like a video for it and I was in it you know what I'm saying so if you're <laughs> on YouTube and you look at India Sean you know look at the multi-love video because I'm in it but most importantly please go check out her new single there's a new visual for it she looks great there's bomb 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 ass looks of her she's like like the hair the skin is always glowing and goddessy and then also make sure you take a trip over to her social media just stalk india sean all over the internet tell her that asante sent you but there's so much stuff that she put out so much content on her instagram she did like a little dating show it's kind of the rev up for dropping With the Durand. single it was so cute <laughs> hosted by duran bernard which was hilarious it was amazing <laughs> so i just had to kick off the Music Man segment, shouting out the homie, India Sean. That's too sweet. Just go look up her all her music if you haven't. But I know a lot of y'all are familiar already. So check out the new single. Comment on the new video. You know, like it. Love it. Send it to your mama. Put it on Facebook. Share it in all those groups annoyingly like some people do. 
Can I play something for you of India's? Oh, yes. please. Come so on. I have a funny story. So most of you might know this, but I know we have like a lot of new listeners. So India and I met when I lived in Atlanta and was oh, working on my album. My God. <laughs> so um, I was in I was in Red Zone Studios working on my project and there was a, a lot of amazing writers. I had the opportunity to be around. And they were like, yo, you sh- you need to link up with India Sean. Like, she could hook you up with some bomb-ass music. And I was like, let me hear it, you know? So she sends over this song for my project. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I have it. I was actually found it so funny that I was like, oh, my God. And this is what she wrote and sent to me. And then I was like, forget the song. The song is awesome. And mind you, remember, this is 2008. So the sound is very 2008. I can't wait. Uh, but, you know, for her, I was like, I need to know who she is. And then she, we met and we've literally been in love ever since because I was just like, she's so talented. And to see how, how our lives have just gone, <laughs> where they've gone Ooh. and now seeing her mm-hmm. finally get her shine. Mm-hmm. People don't understand how they long don't. this woman has been working. So no I just I'm so happy to see her at this level when I watch her music videos. It kind of makes me want to cry because I'm just like, God, I want to cover her in all the love and safety yes. and success because she's so deserving. If anyone yes. I know is. Yes. So this is the song. She's going to kill me for this. <laughs> but I had to play it. It's called it's called Call For Me. And this is how it goes. First of all, she was sliding on that track. She was and this sliding. Is 2008, Come in case anyone on. had questions. Like the fact she's always sounded like this. Always. Always. Oh, always. Amazing. And, and I just, to think back, to think that she wrote this for my ass, for my project. And just our, our Man, you would have worked that out, though. I would have loved you to. Know, I, it's I, funny. I hear you, friend. Loki. You can just hear me singing it, though. <laughs> I hear you, friend. <laughs> That's Shoot. what was funny. I was like, this is lit, but I want to know who the girl is. And I'm so thankful because this song brought us together. And yeah. so when I hear it, it just is very near and dear to my heart. And I love India and I'm your biggest fan. And I'm just so excited. You're so beautiful, too. Watching her in the video, I was like, yo, she's so fine. So like, hot. She's like a just a, a perfect artist yes just a vocalist a writer an arranger she's beautiful like she's just everything you want so 
I just had to put that out there and she's going to kill me for it, but it's just too cute not to share. Well, <laughs> y'all better again go comment on all the things and say friend and plate. No, I'm saying. <laughs> Please say, don't. <laughs> say, say the friend zone sent us. We come in peace, you know, and heard some things needed more. Okay. <laughs> so that was the India Sean love to corner. Call for me. So, oh, friend, did, so friend, did you ever go back and cut the record? You know, just um, to... I, I might have. I might have. Get that side by side. No. Woo! I always live for the musical link-ups. I love. I love that I know people that make music, but like good, like great music too. So it's not like a like, like great music. Like Hell it's, yeah! It's always on point and above and beyond and amazing. So yes, India Sean. Um, now I'm going to take you to another corner of music. I'm going to take you down the lane of male R&B, you know, a little traditional R&B, a throwback artist that's still making new waves. Bobby V has dropped a new song called Reply. What? (laughs) Slow down. I just want to get to know you, friend. I just want to get to know you. Okay. I want to know. I want to know your name. Anonymous was the (laughs) shit, you know, for those out there. So he's back with a new song. It's called Reply. And this is how it goes. Yeah. Please tell me you could read my mind before I get the text in you. And usually I'm not that type, but I really wanna come through. Girl, I got some things in mind that I wanna do. Yeah. And I can't even relax until. That's just a little sample of Bobby V, you know what I'm saying? Come on, Bobby V. You know, still hitting y'all with the traditional like R&B. Berry molasses. Uh, yes, take it all <laughs> the way, okay? It's just good to hear, you know, some, some. I don't know, like, I always liked Bobby V's little, like, nasally, it's just something. Like, it's I mean, I loved him in Mr., so yeah, like, I'm loyal. Always. So, hearing Bobby V, and then he's being traditional, he's not, you know, trying to play with the kids and do a little trap or whatever, it's dope that he's doing what he does and he still does it well. So, you know what my shit was by Bobby Valentino? I still listen to it to this day, too. Hmm. I want to know. I want to know. What did I say at the top? Name, anonymous. Name, yes. Name. Thank you. Why you got to be anonymous? What's your name? <laughs> anonymous. Anonymous. Like a cock cock. Like that was the shiz. Nah, he had a way. I'm telling man. you, shout Bobby out to v. Bobby V. Until he was up on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta in the treehouse with them niggas starring stuff and hot tub. No, I'm just playing. Um, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Love, love, <laughs> love, love, Bobby V. Uh, also, there are plenty of artists I want to shout out. I'm just going to shout out these last few artists. No shade. I just want to. I just need y'all to stay focused on the India Sean, then I want to let y'all play y'all music. So I want to quickly shout out uh, videos that you all need to go watch because y'all know I love the visual and mm. MTV or whoever might not be showing the music videos that you so wish. So if you're ever on YouTube and you just want to go down that musical rabbit hole, here are some places to go. Chloe and Halle, they've dropped their new video for Ungodly Hour. Love it. It is ungodly how amazing <laughs> these two young ladies are. Like they are, they gave great looks. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I mean, Beyonce, Destiny's Children are really out here doing the, the damn thing, and I can really appreciate it. Um, also, since we're on the topic of children, their girl, Lele, honey, Don't that girl, Lele, 
We have talked about that girl Lele on this show plenty of times from her iconic yeah. freestyles to her finally giving us the bomb visuals to her working with the girls going on tour. You know, that girl Lele is back with a collaboration with Young Dolph. Yeah. That's right. Young <laughs> Young Dolph is featured on Young uh, on uh, That Girl Lele's newest song. And the song is called Breezy. Yep. There's a video to go with it. There, I mean... Honestly, I, I understood when people first said to us, like, why are y'all talking about that little girl? Y'all want to hear about a little girl rapping? Well, it's a little girl rapping, but we've had a little, we've had little boys rapping. So it's like, we've got to highlight the young up. women. She's you know what I'm saying? talented. So I found myself watching. So I was like, damn, Wait, should I be watching? people have said that to us? Yeah, when I first talked about it, they were like, um, you know, I guess it's cute, but blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want, really want to say what they're saying because it was all trash. That's it was Because it's dumb. It's like, it, everybody can... Anybody can do any damn thing. Shit, I'll just I'll leave it blanket as that. Lele. But what I will say <laughs> is, what I will say is, the music it it bumps. So like, if you're wondering like, why would you be listening to this young child's music? She's making records that just bump, and they're clean records. And Young Dolph gave a clean verse, and it was very very like, it was <laughs> it was still Dolph, but it was still it was for the kids, and it was right, amazing. Right. So it was great to actually watch that. I know that they're gonna be those respectability people out there that are like oh this grown you know rapper that raps about whatever he raps about on this track with children most of these rappers have kids so it is perfect that these rappers work with a younger child a younger person a to you know give her the credit that she deserves because lele is an amazing rapper and b it's like it it makes sense like you can actually play records for your kids now (laughs) that you're on so I think that is great. Young Lele, go check her. That girl Lele, excuse me. I called her Young Lele. That girl Poppy. Lele and Young Dolph. Uh, new song, Breezy, with the video. Check that out on Signed YouTube. Signed to Empire and in a Nickelodeon deal as well. Yes. Lele wow. is out here, as she should wow. be. With a loving family, loving parents who are guiding her career and making sure she's protected and successful. Amen. Ensuring her a, a future. They have. She is in good hands. That's a great example of a black family that is focused and and thriving and i love to see it i love everything about that girl Lele being a thing oh amen amen uh the last video i want you all to go watch uh the artist their name is they t-h-e-y with the period here we go here we go again (laughs) here we go again as if her wasn't enough (laughs) who the fuck is they in all fairness i've talked about they previously um, and you've done this something similar to this previously. Here we go again. So like, remember, yes. Nene said that shit on the house. Here we go, Star Jones. Here we go again. Here we go. Well, here we go. Um, they has a song out called "Count Me In," and it features another artist that I've talked about, uh, Kiana Lede. And I love, I like her actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really like, I like both of them. I, well, all of them because they I don't a group know too. them, but. <laughs> I like Wait, they they is a group? Yeah, it's they two. is them. Oh boy. Okay, got it. Well, which one is it? <laughs> well, who is it? <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna play this song by the group They featuring the artist Kiana Lede. That's really <laughs> so They is them. That's really all I can do for you. Or is this this, that. this, this song is, that. is called <laughs> Look, the song is called Count Me In. So, oh, Lord. <laughs> who are we counting? Don't you, st- don't you start. Here we go. <laughs> the 
So that was they. Um, I like that. Tight. I like that from them. So <laughs> the song, I didn't play much of it. I didn't play Count of Day's part, but the song was originally dropped on the Amanda mixtape. <clears throat> and there's actually, hey, who was on that mixtape? Um, this song is originally dropped on the Amanda mixtape without Keanu Day, but uh, I had to also make sure that, to talk about the Amanda mixtape because, or the Amanda tape, excuse me, because they have a song on there called Play Fight with Tanache, and I love that song. But um, they just do really, really great collaborations, and they do their they do great music on their own. So I've talked about them in the past. They've got this really cool low key vibe, and they're doing more R and B stuff. Well, it's always been R and B, but they're doing they're still doing R and B stuff with that cool alternative edge, which I can appreciate. So go check them out with the new video for this as well. So that's why I was talking about it because it's on YouTube. So that's it for my music man, my listens lately. Now I want to know what you've been listening to, friend. Other than that demo indie that you had to send me along with the version that you cut. You know I will. So <laughs> I had an opportunity to listen to Sam Dew's album, Moonlit Fools. All right. Which I did not know was his debut album because Sam Dew has been out here. And so much this love was to ex- Sam Dew. Much, much love to Sam Dew. This was very exciting. And the song that I would say is my favorite is called Thinking of You. And this is how it goes. tell you something about this album this album is perfect perfection no skips such a range of genres and writing and composition like he is just perfect the vocals like you get everything i've been playing it non-stop literally i have no other listen lately 
this week That's because all I've been listening to lately is Sam Dew's Moonlit Fools. That song makes me want to cry, and I love music that makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. So much. Like, that. that is so, that, that, wow, wow. Shout out to Sam Dew. Cause you Shout know, out to Sam Dew. I know they Dude. said Sam Dew, but he did that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, his name is spelled D-E-W, because I know mm-hmm. some of y'all were like, I didn't find Sam Dew. <laughs> like mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Like mountains. All right. Well, <laughs> that's it for me. Well, Dustin Ross, what you been over there letting into? Okay. I have just been thinking of you. Okay, Come on, right, Dustin here Ross. We go. All right. First song I want to play is by Dietrich Hatton. It's called Open Door Season. And even though it's a gospel song, this is the shit. Listen. Next up, in the same vein of inspirational music, Big Hitter by Kevin Gates off his new album, Come Only on, the Kevin Gates. Part Gates. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Uh, what's They say a bitch nigga trying to take mine, put his brake line on the flat. Came through the pipeline on the grapevine, I'm a lifeline, that's a fact. I check her mouth out with a flashlight, search a nightgown with a strap. She might just eat dick with a razor and her mouth bite down on the back. Might put some Vizine in your drink while you sleep, rip you out a couple racks. I get you tied up, make you watch a real killer, hit your wife from the back. Know where your crib back, get your kids snatched, big price, I'ma get you whacked. Don't know the whereabouts of my warehouse, about to put his face in a jam. Yeah, yeah, I live every day like my last. I wasn't supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah, I heard it's a bag on my head. That's why I'm posted in here. Yeah, yeah, ain't gotta go in the stage. No, I'm controlling the hill. Yeah, yeah, I go everywhere by myself, so you might not notice the kids. Big hitter for the cartel. 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 Yeah, so it's really inspirational, upbeat music. Um, <laughs> I like playlist. Kevin Gates. <laughs> yeah, me too. Look, I don't give a damn. You know I like all that. Um, the next song that I want to play actually is by justin bieber i don't care because i like this wow song. the range here today, we go justin. it's called lonely everybody knows my name now but something about it still feels strange like looking in a mirror trying to steady yourself and seeing somebody else Everything is not the same now It feels like all the lives have changed Maybe when I'm older it'll all calm down But it's killing me now 
Fucking Justin Bieber. You really got me liking Justin I'm trying to tell you, Justin Bieber got every now and then. It's like that song he had with Nas called You Are. It's like every now and then he got a song. I don't care what nobody say. What do you mean? That's the shit. Play it. Yeah, that song is nice. Play it around the world. Go around the world. You can play it anywhere. It's a hit. But that song is called Lonely. Justin Bieber. (laughs) Justin Bieber. (laughs) Benny Blanco. (laughs) All right. That was my pick. Well, then that does it here. Open the doors. Because you're lonely. lonely. He should should redo it with that little boy. Remember that little boy that went crazy with the... Mason? Mason. Mason. Where is Mason? Mason was the shit. Yo, Mason would low-key cover this and kill it. Mason said, I'm quarantining. Fuck what y'all talking about. Mason been been quarantining. Him and them boots ain't seen outside since last month. Them jeans is high waters now. All that shit. Mason been at the crib. Okay. His hair long as Jennifer Aniston's now. You should see him. It's, it's crazy. Not Mason Jennifer is grown. Aniston. Y'all killing me. Open well, that does it for the Music Man segment. Dustin Ross, what have you been watching? Guys, just been opening doors. It's <laughs> open door season. <laughs> Oh man, I'll be doing that for the rest of the goddamn day. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad you've seen it. And sidebar, <laughs> friends, speaking of you, one last thing, then we're going into TV land. Because I know you fuck with Leanne LeHavis, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I listen, do, too. do I? I saw a video clip of her singing X Factor live on stage somewhere. She was doing like a, it was like she was speaking at a panel or something. And I don't, I don't know if somebody asked her to sing it or whatever, but she was on this stage blowing X Factor. So look that up. I'm gonna have to find I'm, it for yeah, you. Yeah, I need to find that. It was so good. I didn't feel so. I love her. <laughs> when I listened to Leanne LeHavis. <laughs> wow. Okay. Opening doors. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Real Housewives of Atlanta was so good this this last episode. We got to see some more of the fallout after quote-unquote stripper gate, which I'm sick of, but... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Shout out to Bolo because this has been great visibility for him. I hope he's seeing financial gain from it. I assume that he is because I think he's smart about his business practices as an adult entertainer in that way. He definitely, he's not a porn star. He's a dancer, an adult dancer. But anyway... Um, so shout out to him for that. What I don't understand is this, and I'm not going to go into too much detail because it's too long of a story for me to set up properly. So this conversation is um, 
particularly for people who did watch the episode. I don't understand why Tanya Sam directly implicated herself as the third person in the treesome. Okay. All three of y'all treesome. <laughs> I can't believe she implicated herself by saying she's the Tanya Sam in last week's episode. Not now. Let me say this. Let me preface it by saying this. Tanya Sam has been a breath of fresh air on the real housewives of Atlanta. Totally different from everyone else on the show came into it with her own, had all of the tangible things that people require for someone to be on this show. So she had the money to have a Rolls Royce. They had a really nice house. She wore nothing but designer labels, really into fashion. Also, def definitely led with the fact that she was smart and into tech and previously had been a registered nurse. She kind of led with her smarts and then also accompanied that with the fun stuff like the labels and all the money and the um, taste for the finer things or whatever. So I enjoy her on this show. I think that she's the worst type of person ever to have to keep a secret with because mm. she gets nervous and folds under what really isn't even pressure, but feels like it in the moment. Kenya Moore was grilling everyone at the table because she said that she had heard somebody fucking in the room off of the kitchen, which was Portia's room, okay? Mm. She said she heard somebody fucking, she heard Bolo's voice, she heard Portia's, Portia's voice, and she heard another woman's voice. That's what she's alleging that she heard, right? Everyone else is kind of being evasive, sticking to what we're calling girl code and not really telling, you know, details about what they witnessed people doing the night before because there were people kissing, rubbing, humping each other. They were having a good time in a in a very free way. Yeah. Um, but there were What's some the cameras. What's the big deal, though? Right. There were cameras and audio that was still running. According to Kenya Moore, the big deal is that it involved, according to her, Portia Williams. And she feels like Portia has a history of trying to weaponize people's sexuality and use it against them and being harmful with that. You remember back in season nine when Portia um, and Phaedra allegedly participated in a rumor and spreading a rumor that Candy Burris had a fake, had a sex dungeon and was attempting to drug Portia and take her back to the sex dungeon with her husband Todd and alleging that Candy had a seven year relationship with a woman and sensationalizing those things and kind of trying to make them like, you know, darts and arrows that she could shoot at Candy. Then she called Kenya Moore a slut from the 90s and always made references about her being passed around and stuff like that. Like, so she's, you know, she's she hasn't been the kindest to people in the past. And so now Kenya Moore is like, fuck that. Y'all, y'all, I heard y'all fucking in the house that they were on a cash trip. I'm going to talk about it. Basically, she's saying I'm going to talk about it. Candy Burris obviously also heard these same things, but she's definitely pleading the fifth she said what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon and she's you know kind of pushing that because candy's in a weird position this has been the ultimate infomercial for her she's done nothing but hawk her bedroom candy products through <laughs> having this Genius. bachelor party for right i mean listen Taurus, okay? what you're supposed to do in this but well not what you're supposed to do but like what would be the most advantageous for a person in her position and she's consistently done it season after season after season on this show look at how she has pushed her her aunt the idea the concept for her restaurant which is now in its third location was based on her aunt's personality that they displayed on the show she showed that they like to cook she showed the process of opening this restaurant on the show candy 
optimizes her time on camera on this show. And it's the ultimate promo vehicle for all of her entrepreneurial endeavors. How can you hate on that? Right. Right. Okay. So Candy was kind of focusing on that and also saying, I plead the fifth, but definitely posturing, gesturing and, um, her countenance, her facial expressions would lend one to believe that she was in agreement with what Kenya was saying she heard. Okay. But Candy also was vocal about like, why were Tanya and Portia in some ways implicating themselves as the people who were in the threesome. So Tanya, back to my original point, sits Kenya is starts pressing the, the table with questions and accusations about what she heard last night and who was where and what time did everybody go to bed and just ask prying and asking questions that somebody like me or you would have ignored or either shut down completely like after the first question kind of like what Portia was doing Portia was ignoring her and she was like are you trying to say it was me you trying to say you heard me doing something? And she was like, Kenya says, well, I didn't say any names. Of course, she was like, oh, well, then it's a dead deal. If you're not going to say my name, then there's nothing for us to talk about, is it? Wow. Okay. But Tanya, when Kenya's <laughs> asking where everyone sleep, Tanya says, well, why are you so worried about it? It's because you haven't been getting any lately? Immediately getting defensive and throwing darts at Kenya because she's still mad at Kenya from last season about the cookie lady who said that Tanya's fiance was flirting with her. And Kenya brought the bitch back around later on. So they still got a little beef or whatever. So Tanya starts throwing those kind of personal digs at Kenya. Kenya, just like the seasoned shit starter that she is, she content she assesses that as, you know, Tanya becoming nervous, essentially because she's guilty, and continues to press a little harder. She ratcheted up the pressing, right? So then she says, uh, Tanya says, well, I just want to say I was... And went to sleep in this girl's room all night. Pointing at Portia. Candy immediately, you know, Candy can't hold her face for nothing. Candy starts going, oh my God. Like, Kenya goes, mm, okay, all right, okay. Literally placing herself in the room where she heard the noises, which continued to push this whole story further and has now driven a huge wedge in between the group and in between any hope we have for Kenya and Portia to actually get along and be exist in peace and harmony with each other on this show. Since they came in season five, they have been adversarial with one another. It um, reached its climax at the season six reunion where it became a physical altercation and Portia dragged her on the ground. The clip I played a couple weeks ago where she said, I've embarrassed myself, you know, and I said it was Tessica Brown who it was in theory. Well, that was Portia when she drug Kenya down to the floor. And ever since then, they've been at odds. There was a brief glimmer of time where they got along when they both were pregnant. They had just had their daughters. They were new moms on the show. Kenya had returned after a year away from the show and her and Portia were getting along. That was season 12. But at the end of that, at the reunion, based on different, um, disrespectful shit they had said about each other in their confessionals they were arguing at the fucking reunion and now we've carried into season 13 and they're literally at each other's throats because Portia had been playing it cool and literally ignoring Kenya for the first 10 episodes and now Portia's starting to get pissed off now Marlo and Kenya have made up after a that what one two three four four season long feud They've been feuding since season six. It's now started. Well, Portia, well, Marlo was gone for two of those seasons. So it's like four seasons that they've been feuding for. They made up on this same trip. So now Kenya has a new ally in the house. 
immediately you can tell Portia becomes icy to Marlo and everyone else at the table. So Portia obviously took issue with that. So there's all these new things brewing and it's done nothing but drive a further divide between um, Kenya and Portia, who both of them on the show I'm talking about, I actually like. I like what they both bring to the show. And it felt good when they were getting along on the same side and both being hateful and venomous to Yovana, a.k.a. that bitch from Clark, who deserved it. That was a good thing. That's when we want to see y'all be that way. But this part, even though it's going to be entertaining to watch because they are their verbal sparring matches are quite entertaining, so it's going to be great TV to watch, but I'm going to be exhausted by it because I actually want them to get along. Um, LaToya is uh, flip-flopping all over the stage of this show, going from her loyalty from one person to the next, to this to that. However, uh -oh. LaToya is polarizing on this show, and she has kept me and everyone else entertained and in awe. So she has done her job, whether you love her or hate her. You know how people either love or hate Kenya Moore? It's the same way with LaToya. People either love her or they hate her, and people are going to shift back and forth between the two. You're going to love her sometimes, you're going to hate her some other times, but you're not going to be able to take your eyes off of her. And as a person who understands how television works, um, it's good business. Her job is done, and it's done damn well. Juicedora's so, only yes. fan. Well, yeah, and now I want to say this, too, because I just as vocal as I've been about things that I did not like, I want to say this. Drew Sedora has grown on me on this show. Yes, and she I has. like her on the show now. Yep. Drew Sedora has grown on me. Turned I'm not saying every wig choice is right. I'm not saying no. any of the styling is right. No. I'm wow. not saying that. No. But what I am saying is that I enjoy her on this show and I like the way that she is now actually becoming a part of the story, a part of the connection to the other ladies there were several scenes and episodes where they were not filming together now that she's a part of the fray and things are happening that are fresh and new and it's not connected to any old story i'm starting to it's, a, it's starting to become an organic mixture of personalities and i'm enjoying her on the show so i don't take back anything that i said i'm just starting anew and i'm saying that i actually like i'm enjoying drew on the show now can i can i add to that just by saying like there is an actual formula to how you come on the show and she didn't follow that. Cause I feel like some girls come on, they try to follow this formula by acting like they've known the girls forever and do that whole thing. Or they try to in insert themselves. But Latoya just asks very like regular questions and re reacts accordingly to what's being thrown at her or to the situation. She don't she, give a fuck. She doesn't try to make it be like, she so say whatever the fuck she want to say. Yeah. She doesn't try to insert herself and, and bring up everybody else's old shit. Like it's, it's great. It's great. How she's, how she's played like her role. She's set in or setting in rather. So Portia I wonder gets mad and storms off from the table <laughs> and Latoya looks at Kenya and says, see what you did. Kenya. <laughs> Like and everybody's like it's so awkward because everybody's like yes. quiet and nervous because you know it's such a long-standing beef and they got physical at one point and there's accusations about motherhood going back and forth and judgments over behavior and it's really deep and Portia gets up and literally leaves the table and Latoya asks, mind you, who's brand new to all of this? Latoya asks, go say eating food, uh, friend. Latoya gonna say. See, Kenya, look what you did. <laughs> and Kenya gonna say, look what you did, Latoya. <laughs> she couldn't say, that's all she could say in response. That's how Latoya be tearing their ass up, because she literally said, before they can even see it coming, she just says whatever the fuck she wants to say. So, yeah. I love it. 
and I enjoy her on this it's show. Great. Some people are going to hate her guts, but I enjoy her on this show. The only other thing I want to talk about, two things, sort of two, two and a half. Miss um, Wanda on Love and Marriage Huntsville is the show. She has her argument with Martel, hilarious. Martel telling Melody's brother that he was going to beat his ass if he ever said something to him about them kids. Hilarious, and I understood it. While I disagree with everything about Martel, and he is really presenting himself unlikable, that was so funny because if you, I had children and my kids' other parents, sibling, told me that, well, your kids... You know, your kids upset. They said when you came over my house, when I came over, when they came over my house, they said, will you be our daddy? When he said that to Martel, Martel said, you say that one more motherfucking time, I'll beat your motherfucking ass in this parking lot. Say it one more fucking time and I'll beat your ass in this parking lot. That's immediate. When I tell you it's immediate, <laughs> that's immediately the way he responded. And I felt that. Because I ain't got no kids. All mine's still in the sack. I ain't got none. Mind right? you, friend, it was already like an aggressive, like they already have this aggression towards each other because of the things that Martel's done to his sister. And, and then, because Martel told them kids he was gay. Martel told them kids that the uncle was gay. Remember this week they said mm-hmm. that? Melody said the kids said that Martel said, <laughs> Uncle, uh, I can't remember his name, like boys. That's what he told them kids. So it, it ain't for God forgive me because it's so, funny. But so well, you know, just the optics of that happening, and then for him to show up to the party in the same costume as Martel, <laughs> just to tell him what Martel felt was some bullshit. It was like not a pretty situation. It just wasn't. Yeah. But yeah so entertaining show. Very very entertaining. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. Bell Collective has been really really good. Very too. very very um, entertaining. Um, Latrice is my favorite. And yes, uh, her husband is crazy, but Latrice is a good person. And I just really, really like her. I really like her personality. And I think she's a fair person. Yes. Um, 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 and I feel bad for Marie for her health issues. But Marie be tripping sometimes. Yes. It's like I have a love hate thing with Marie. You know? Yes. Tambra needs to mind her business and start splitting the tracks. OK, because that's a lot of hair. It's a lot of hair. So hair, her head looked like D'Angelo's coat and sidebar. Everybody. <clears throat> Oh my we god, we didn't two. talk about I told you it was two and a half. Now, <laughs> Versus came on. Um, it was D'Angelo. It really was a D'Angelo concert. They said D'Angelo and friends. Nobody came up but that girl over there. And then Red Method Man and Red Man. Stop it. First of all, your <laughs> tweets, I literally had to tweet. I'm ignoring Dustin's tweets because I always uh, live tweet the Versus and... So I'll see whoever else is tweeting. And Dustin kept throwing me off. He posted that scene from Life. From Life. Uh, was it Life? <laughs> Soon as her came on that stage. I, when I, I tell was you, so mad. I yelled. You know what Martin oh said in that scene. Hey, ain't nobody trying to hear that bullshit. <laughs> but anyway, it was funny. Oh, and my fa- I don't God. give a damn. My favorite, because that's, you know, that's what it's for, engagement. My favorite tweet from myself <laughs> for the night was when I said, I'm telling you, from, from myself. myself was, are you smart? Yes. From myself. So my, my favorite tweet was when I said that D'Angelo's coat was washed and blew out and just waiting to be curled and then it's out the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that coat was 1B. That coat was 1B. That's the color the coat was. It was nothing but it was a weft. I loved it. It was hair on the weft. Oh. So anyway, Bell Collective was good. 
I love that coat, but he he reminded me. Have you ever been to an event where you had like a a dope coat and that was kind yeah. of like planned to wear? And that's Which, the outfit. That's the whole outfit. Hot. So you want to take it off? <laughs> that's the whole outfit. But then it gets too hot in the mm-hmm. place because you saw how he was not trying to take it off, but he mm-hmm. was like, "All right, it's just fucking too hot." He had to kind of sit farther away from the camera. But all jokes aside, that was amazing. It man. was. It felt good. That was amazing. It felt good. It was good to watch. I was vibed Did out. You, don't you wish Solange would have came out on Send It On? That would have been so mm. perfect. Solange would have skated. Oh, that would have been know? cool. I could hear that. You know, I'm an A&R, honey. I was so happy to hear that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an A&R. That's how I knew that. Guess what? That's how I knew this song was the jam. Lonely. <laughs> 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 and on that note, it's opening door. <laughs> Literally. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> we love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>